No, what what's um the bad dad's name in Kindergarten Cop? I can just see Crisp here. Is that all it's known as? Oh man. Cullen Crisp on the villains wiki. Brilliant. I'm having a look at this. <laughs> oh mate, it's good already. <laughs> when are you gonna bring him up? Because I've got some brilliant stuff here. Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about The Wrestler. It's the guys on film Dad's Month Special Wrestler Special. Notes on Wrestler. Are you taking the mickey? Uh, yeah. Good. I like it. I was trying to think of a better response okay, back to cool. you there. But yeah, I am taking the mickey. I'm taking the mickey Rourke because we're talking about The Wrestler. And whether or not his character yeah. is a good dad yeah. or a hashtag bad dad. Or a good bad dad or a bad good dad. Or, or know, a bit of a dad, any, dad lad. Anything in between. Dad lad. Is it black and white? We're going to find out. No, it's actually colour. Okay. So, what else have we got in store? We have got... That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, they're, they're going to be through this in, what, about 40 minutes? Yeah, it's a... And that's probably... It's a quick notes a on commute. episode. Yeah, so the, that 40 minutes is like a commute or a long bath... Mm, that'd be a lovely you know, long bath. Forty, a good. You would have to re re top up the heat, wouldn't you? For forty minutes, I don't know. I think yeah, that's a, probably that's have to, excessive. Just get out. Yeah. Okay. Get out of the bathtub um, <laughs> now. <laughs> so up front, we're going to just chat about some dad thoughts that we've seen on uh, Facebook. Some people have okay. had some dad thoughts for Dad Month. That, yeah, they've been thinking about dads. Yeah. Uh, how often are you thinking about dads? Just generally, I don't I've mean this month. I've been thinking about dads all week. Uh, not not as much as this month. <laughs> right. but I've been making up for lost time. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so you put out a post basically asking people what they thought uh, as far as good dads and bad dads in cinema. And uh, we got some comments back. What's your favourite? Because it's a bit of a spread. Because... There's some really bad dads. It is. So I'll just I'll just run through a few. I'll run through a few. That's the best way to do it. If I'll just run through a few here. Now, we've got uh, Thanos from Infinity War. Yeah. Technically, I don't think he's a dad. Yeah, he's a surrogate dad. Yeah, but I mean... Foster dad. You know, he's still kind of fostering against someone's will, maybe. Kevin Foster. Foster. Um, Kevin Costner. Yeah, but he's, he's definitely uh, a bad dad. For sure. Yeah, I mean, no spoilers, but he does something really bad to his foster child. Although, actually, yeah. that's not too much um, of a spoiler because going into the film, nobody will really know who it is that he fosters. So, you know. Exactly. Uh, so we've also got, um, on the bad dad list, we've got Jack Torrance from The Shining. Yeah, fair. I mean, we've, we've spoke about him, but, but I think it's worth bringing him back up again. You know, places his work above above his family I, I don't think you know he's took him to this hotel to work on his novel or whatever he's doing and i don't think he's really thought about you know what his what his wife and child are going to do right yeah i don't think he's made adequate arrangements so straight away i mean he might he might have a a kind of character arc where he's he turns from like good to really bad but he's still but you know he's what? failed at basic organization in the outset i think so yeah He's, he's failed at that. Yeah, he's failed to, to give him a good time. I mean, his wife, fair enough, but I mean, his child, he can't be like, work out yourself. Um, 
you know. Um, we've got two votes for um, the dad in almost silent film A Quiet Place. Um, yes. Mark Davis with um, an image to illustrate that. And then Grace Wainwright Davis with, and here's my impression, Fwar. That's my girl voice. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's, I mean, that's quite a deep, a deep voice there. Uh, it's actually just Arnold. Okay, I mean, objectifying men there, um, you know, more than just a, more than just a bloke. He's a dad, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so what else have we got? We've got, and this is one that I, I uh, didn't mention last time, but he's a, he's probably one of the worst dads of all time. It's it's Crisp from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. He's a a bad dad and he's he's bad all the way through he never has a redeeming moment he's the bad so um he's called cullen crisp senior that's his full name and he's the main antagonist from okay. kindergarten cop uh, i'm on wiki yeah. vi- sorry uh, the villains wiki brilliant website so there's a sort of sidebar profile that sort of summarizes what he's all about so um it says like his categorization up at the top in a sort of red thing with white text over it is evil doer (laughs) Um, I mean he is pretty evil it says here occupation drug dealer powers slash skills murdering skills (laughs) yeah true Uh, it says his hobby is selling drugs even though his occupation is selling drugs well a lot of people can turn a hobby look at Peter Jackson he turned a hobby of filmmaking into a into a career and that's fair so, uh, it says also here um, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant I'm just going to read the whole thing goals uh, kidnap Dominic that's goal number one um, goal number two kill his ex-wife brackets failed <laughs> okay. no no points for that goal it's an own goal He, I mean he did kidnap his child yeah I mean that's but ultimately failed that one it says well. crimes uh, no information <laughs> So I guess they just don't know whether criminal charges were pressed, but I bet with um, Detective John Kimball there, it was charges yeah. were definitely pressed. I'm a cop, you idiot. I'm a cop, you idiot. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, Colin Chris Sr. So thanks to everyone that let us yeah. know who their favourite uh, film was. Greasy-haired crisp. What's <laughs> Do- your favourite crisps? Um, just e- quick either Royster beef Royster's or the Thai chicken well, t- you mean T-bone steak you mean T-bone, t-bone steak. steak yes T-bone steak or, or yeah. um, okay. the clear here Thai chicken McCoy's okay what about yourself fair quite like um, a bag of bacon wheat crunches okay fair and where does Colin um, Chris Senior rank in this in this list? He's he's one of these abominations that Walkers release every year where <laughs> they're testing flavor, new flavors. Flavor of the month, like, yeah, flavor of the month. Okay, in and out. Uh, so we've got Doctor Evil, who's obviously a bad dad. Jack Frost. Yeah. Uh, we've also got um, Al Pacino from The Devil's Advocate. No, is he, he actually a dad? He's he. Well, yeah, he is a dad. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember that film awful well. I thought he was just like the sort of head of a law firm or something. And but he's also a dad. Um, but he's he's also the devil. Yeah. So like he's the baddest dad. Um, we've got Robert Carlyle from Twenty Eight Weeks Later, I believe. Doing a runner on his kids. Yeah. When they're going, um, that was tough. pretty brutal. Uh, and then another couple of votes for Mrs. Doubtfire, and there we are. They're the dads. Oh, and also. Um, a couple of people have mentioned Milo from a Serbian film. 
He's a very bad dad. Yeah, probably less said about that one the better. Sure. Um, I like the clarification to... from uh, Sean Graham who posted that one. Uh, just clarification that that's a vote for the worst dad, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's as, as bad as it gets. Just to be clear. Um, cool. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. Uh. All right, let's move on to the wrestler then, because at the end of last week's podcast, uh, we're squeezing in some of the other well-known film dads, and you brought up the wrestler. <laughs> we're squeezing in some dads, yeah. Yeah, squeezing in some dads, as you do. And uh, you brought up the wrestler, and you said, is he a good dad or a bad dad? And off the top of my head, I was like, no, nah, he's definitely a bad dad. Um, but then but I cast I cast some doubt in your mind, didn't I? You're, they call you the doubt caster. <laughs> Oliver Doubtcaster Johnson. Yeah, uh, so we've both had a watch of it since then, so let's have a chat. Shall we I mean, do it's it? really fresh in our minds as well, because I think we both watched it individually uh, just last night, 24 hours ago. It was 48 for me, but it's still one of the freshest things in my mind. Well, it's it's practically the freshest thing in my mind. Wow. So before we get into his his parenting skills, I'll just give you the official synopsis, just so people are comfortable and they know uh, what's going on. So, the official synopsis. A faded professional wrestler must retire, but finds his quest for a new life outside the ring a dispiriting struggle. So th- this is directed by uh, Darren Aronofsky, who did uh, Pi and uh, Black Re- Swan, Requiem for a Dream, and Mother. And Requiem Mother. for a Dream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think to him generally? Yeah. I'm always I'm always quite happy with with the films. Um, I like his style. I'm quite happy with that, Darren. You said that like you were kind of marking his work, <laughs> like he hand um, he hands over but, the wrestler to you, and you're like, you know what, Darren, I'm quite happy with that. Well, well, generally, it's not it's not the kind of director that you know you might expect that I might enjoy. But saying that, I think the themes he picks and how bleak the films are, I do find a lot of enjoyment out of them, and I like. I like his little circle of regular contributors like Clint Mansell, for instance, uh, was yep. also did the music in The Wrestler and I thought that was really well done. So I always think that, you know, very base level, they're technically really good and I always enjoy uh, the themes. I think the themes are always really well thought out and leave a lot of talking points afterwards. So what would you say the themes in The Wrestler are? <sighs> I think the theme of The Wrestler is struggling with pleasing certain groups of people. One being yourself, two being um, an audience that might love you or leave you straight away, and the other being close family relationships and the difficult juggling act that, that he has to try and keep all those together. But he's not very good at that, so one takes precedent over the other and then he finds in later life that that balance has kind of not worked out for him and then he's he's desperately trying to figure out how how to get that balance back but you know is it too late are you too far gone can you salvage these things 
So there's there's also a character in the film play. It's um, played by Marissa Tomai, Tomei, Tomai, uh, Cassidy. So she's a stripper, and her storyline is kind of almost the same storyline as as Randy the Ram Robinson. So she's getting a lot of praise when she's you know Cassidy, hmm. um, as Mickey Rourke is getting when he's the Ram on stage. You know, people cheering, people clapping, but outside of that world, a completely different person. And I think they're, you know, at some point they're both addicted to and feel somewhat tied down to, you know, this sort of stage persona and the and the struggle that 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 brings. And I, I quite liked that interplay and sort of mirrored some sort of mirrored scenes between her and Mickey Rourke doing their sort of separate things where they're both feeling that sort of pressure of keeping up this you know what may be an act so i i kind of i think it's um you like hit the nail on the head about um the theme i think it's kind of like about personas and like what that persona is to from different viewpoints like like you said yourself or other people or like how it changes depending on the context but the only thing i would say about her is um it's actually kind of rare for her to get real uh satisfaction from her stage persona Whereas he gets yeah. that, she actually, I think, feels more comfortable in her own skin, as it were, like in, as when she's off the, out of the Pam. public eye and being herself. Yeah, when she's Pam rather than Cassidy, which is obviously her yeah. stage name. Um, uh, there are a couple of scenes where she wanders around uncertain about what she's going to do next and kind of like yeah. looking, because she is like a little bit older than the other girls that are dancing there. So like they're both battling yeah. age. In his case, because it's like sort of demanding sport, and in her case, it's obviously a very like sort of cosmetic industry with like guys who don't really care about her feelings, like knocking her back when she's asking yeah. to do a dance for them or whatever. So, um, I I think you're right, but maybe her struggle is kind of the opposite way around. Like he's rejected from his real life, and. Uh, enjoys getting in front of people to wrestle for them and kind of be adored that way whereas she kind of sees yeah. it as a job but she much prefers not to be doing it but there's definitely the same thing where they're trying to like um, consolidate in their minds like who am like like they've got this sort of light switch that they have to turn on and off to be these different yeah. people yeah. and actually I think he is kind of they maybe go different ways where she's trying to separate herself from that life um, and he's like totally entwined with it at the start where his like real persona is exactly the same as what it is in the ring and then she separates yeah. herself from it but he actually just decides towards the end that he should just get closer to being like to making the in-ring self be him like all consuming that is him so anyway that's I think that's themes spent a fair bit of time on themes but it all kind of leads around to the discussion about him as a dad yeah that so all well, I mean what did you make of him as a as a dad so um i think going back to your question last week like, is he a good dad or is he a bad dad i think there's only one real answer that matters here um uh, but there's kind of yeah. two two ways of looking at it right so from our perspective uh with a sort of holistic view of everything that's going on in his life it's uh you can kind of get quite a lot of empathy for him because you can see how he ends up in the like sort of bad positions he's in, 
He's not very good at dealing with bad scenarios. So he gets knocked back by Cassidy after they kind of seem like they're kind of romantically involved, but then she doesn't like him stepping over the boundaries into her workplace where she has to be someone different. So she knocks him back. Yeah. I mean, and this, this is coming after, you know, sharing a a very special moment, singing, um, maybe I think Motley Crue at each other. Um, I think it's Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Oh, okay. Or or some kind of a eighties, uh, hair metal scenario. Hair metal. Yes. Um, and they have a kiss and then she runs away because she doesn't know what she's doing. Because yeah. he's a, he's just a customer. This kind of knockback that he gets from her one night when he's out on a Saturday night. No, sorry, on a Friday night, crucially, because he's promised yeah. to go meet his daughter for a meal on Saturday night. So the Friday night, he doesn't really know what to we, do And with we've himself. got to say as well that he hasn't seen his daughter since she was a wee nipper. Yeah, so the, the sort of sequence of it in the film is... He meets up with her and ultimately is kind of able to make some sort of amends about things because he gives her a gift and then they go out for a nice day together and they do have a moment that makes you cry every time um, when they kind of like, she kind of accepts that he's trying his best and they kind of have a bit of, like she runs and grabs his arm um, and like kind of have a nice hug walk around the place and a little dance in this um, place in the boardwalk you have a bit of a a bit of a cry and then he and then he has a bit of a cry as well yeah but crucially he leaves that one meeting saying look i'm gonna come meet you um for for a meal should we have a meal sometime they organize for saturday so all my point is here i mean he did he didn't give a time did he yeah that's one of those things in films where like people don't say bye on the phone or whatever it's like hey want to meet and then they like don't make a really clear (laughs) yeah i mean that's her fault that's 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 on her that's a loose end she's like i've been waiting for two hours he's like well i don't know i didn't say two hours ago didn't (laughs) i meant now (laughs) i mean he could have got out of that one uh but but the the reason the reason why he's he's all of a sudden um kind of meeting up with her after such a long time is he has a has a heart attack after it, and we'll go into this one later because it's worth going into. Uh, but he has but, an extremely brutal fight, and afterwards he has a heart attack, and yeah. he has to have a bypass. He wakes up in hospital, and it makes him think differently about his life. He doesn't want to be on his own anymore. He wants people close to him. He wants people around him. And Pam says, "I'm not." really that person but maybe what you need is your family have you got any family and he suggests he's you know he's got a daughter and she says well why don't you go and uh, see what she's up to so he does and they kind of partially reconcile but i guess my point here is so if you look at it from a holistic view right he's kind of gone after making this sort of reconnection with his daughter for selfish reasons because he doesn't he doesn't really know how to cope with potentially like sort of being closer to death or having a heart attack and what to do next. Um, and he doesn't know what to do professionally and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of selfish, but he does try and he does see the value and he doesn't try and like, he, he all he says is all I want is for you not to hate me. He doesn't expect her to suddenly become a huge part of his life and vice versa. But yeah, the reason I think that, we can empathize with him is that when he gets knocked back by Cassidy, he doesn't know what to do with himself. And he kind of, he's like, well, I'm just stuck now. And he's in a bit of a sort of like rut on his Friday night. And he's like, you know what? 
after he gets home, he's like, fuck it, I'll go out and I'll meet some people that I do know. So he goes to a wrestling yeah. thing and sees a lot of the other guys that he works with and then he gets drunk and he ends up having weird sex with a woman who likes uh, <laughs> yeah, firemen. Um, so he wakes up, hungover, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day he sleeps in all the way through uh, when he's supposed to be meeting his daughter. So that's the mistake. That and that's, much and that's the kind of annoying thing as well. Not it, It's so kind of... Not annoying. I, I really like it that it's kind of so anticlimactic that he just sleeps through it, Ra- rather than doing anything like, you know, being off somewhere or making a bad decision. He literally just makes a bad decision the day before, and then just sleeps the entire day and just completely pisses that chance away. Yeah, but I think that is actually more effective than him kind of yeah. forgetting and then doing something like meaningfully different like choosing to go to meet Cassidy or something yeah, like that yeah instead. exactly yeah I think yeah. it I think because it just you can shows kind that, of see that it's a pure mistake yeah it's a sort of chain um, reaction based on like a bad decision the night before because he can't handle the knockback that he gets or he doesn't know how to it's not that he can't handle it it's just he's bad at handling it so yeah. that's the, that's the reason why I think you can kind of empathise with him a bit that's the viewer's point of view I would say and I kind of said at the start, there's only okay. one point of view that really matters. And I think to the daughter, she doesn't give a shit about any of that. And I think her viewpoint's the only one that really is is the one that tells us whether he's a good or bad dad. And I think by the end of it, you're pretty clear that she thinks he's a really shit dad because he's, he's let her down <sighs> one too many times. That's my view on it. What do you think? Well, I, I think that, I mean, you'll see this in my assessment. So I've got, I've written a little assessment, Ian. Um, from the uh, father assessment team. Last, uh, so do you want me to read that? Is this going to go on for all of Dad Month, where you kind of read them out like reports? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm so up for I'll, that. I'll just read you the assessment, and and this and this kind of will tell you where I'm I'm kind of going here. But this is what I think my assessment of uh, Randy Robinson. Um, Robin Ramsey. Randy is. <sighs> I think on the official okay. documentation so, you have to say Robin Ramsey. Ramsinski. Mr. Robinson, but I'm going to call him Randy because, you know, that's what he prefers. We've been, you know, yeah, that's what he prefers. So Randy is certainly a, a hard worker and he certainly does have the potential to be a great father. However, while being far from a bad person, Randy really needs to focus on bettering himself and resolving or at least coming to terms with his own flaws before he can even consider mending any burnt bridges with his daughter. Uh, His most recent attempt, unfortunately, came at a point when he had not managed to do this. So while we saw a strong desire to reconnect, his bad habits and somewhat selfish endeavours meant that this was a case of bad timing. I have no doubt that if Randy sought the right help, worked hard and reprioritised his output, then he could reconnect with his daughter in a meaningful and long-lasting way. (laughs) However, as he is now dead, this is highly unlikely. (laughs) Okay, a little bit of a spoiler for the end there. Um, <laughs> uh, do you often tell people that they should sort of re, re <laughs> sort of like consider their output? Well, I think okay, evaluate your output. But if you think about where he's, you know, focusing his, you know, his time and his effort, then you know it's the the priority is 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 all wrong if if he wants to reconnect. I think that he really needed to sort himself out before he decided to get involved with another fragile person 
And that's that's the problem, is that he hadn't fixed himself enough. So he went in, you know, doomed to fail. Yeah. He was going to fail because he hadn't really fixed himself first. So he was going to fail. So I don't think he's a bad person. I actually don't think he's a bad dad. I think he's got the, the best intentions, but he's he just has failed in sorting himself out first. I think that That's is part I mean. of being a dad though, isn't it? Got got to have your shit I mean, together, he, really. You know, you got to have your shit together. And and yeah, fair enough. If I was his daughter, which I'm, you know, I'm not, but you could if be. I was, then yeah, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty annoyed. I'd be pretty annoyed at him. But I did like the effort that he made and it was really crushing when he when he ruins it. I think I think it's you know, it's a really crushing moment. Yeah. Um, overall just to talk about the film in general I really I really liked wow. it I've seen it this is the second time I've seen it now and I just I think it's brilliant wow. like, I, it's 10 years everything old from, it's mad it's 10 years it old it looks amazing wow it looks brilliant wow. like the just the kind of muted colours there's a lot of there's a lot of this one colour which is like a a sort of turquoisey crappy turquoise colour yeah it's the colour on the on the front of his caravan, and it's it's permeated throughout the whole film. But I, I really like the 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 colours, the sound design when he's got his deli counter job, yeah. and he's walking out, and it's the sounds of the crowd, and it mirrors that kind of. You've you've already seen him do this backstage. He's kind of getting ready when he's getting ready as a wrestler. He's putting the tape on, he's putting the elbow pads on, he's psyching himself up. But you know when he's kind of hit this kind of low he's you know putting on his uniform clipping on his name badge and he's still walking the you know the corridor as if he was going out to a fight but he you know goes through the uh but ollie this time it's a different kind of fight yeah this one and i thought those deli scenes that were were great supposedly they were they were completely ad-libbed as well yeah they just had people come up asking for you know certain products and he and and what you saw him do was just mickey rock doing what he was doing i yeah. thought that was brilliant very good yeah i like those scenes yeah i think uh, i i think i've probably seen it about f- five times maybe something like that i i have had it for a long time and i kind of stick it on occasionally but um it's really good and i think it's improved based on the number of times i've watched it the only one i do have yeah. one gripe um, which is the very first line in the entire film is uh it's a guy wearing like a new york uh new jersey devils um ice hockey shirt and he goes up to randy he's like the promoter of the event and randy's sitting down after the first match that you see him in and he says um you really put them over which as far as like wrestling terminology goes as the very first line in the film it made me instantly think like, oh, they're going to get this all wrong because it's kind of like yeah. terminology from the wrestling business that's being used kind of incorrectly in a film. Other than that, they actually get right. all of that stuff really correct. But um, usually what you use that term for is like, um, if you put somebody over, it's like, say for example, you're the best wrestler in the business, Ollie, and I'm some plucky yeah. upstart. I know. And... Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you know you're the best in the industry. Uh, yeah. But I'm the plucky upstart and I'm going to take you down. Um, but then if you were to put me over, you would let me beat you so that the crowd perceive that I'm now better than the like old good guy who's always been great. So I 
kind of yeah. end up looking better overall because you put me over. And they say that yeah. about the crowd, okay. and it's just kind of a, a little bit of like a bungled use of the term, I think. But okay. apart from that, I really like it. I think it's great. So what what do you think? I want to just go back to this, where, again, he keeps hitting this series of lows um, in the film. And one of the one of the lowest lows is when he is doing this kind of no-holds-barred, extreme wrestling, paper, tax, staplers, glass match. Yeah. And I was watching it with Mandy, and she was wincing throughout the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and she's quite happy to watch, you know, Dr. Pimple or Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever it is on YouTube without, you know, being grossed out. Yeah. But, you know, this she was... Too much, you know, really wincing at it was, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. And what I want to ask you, because uh, I know that there's a scene where he cuts his head and he he does that for real. Yeah. Um, What's the question? How 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 much of that kind of extreme fight do you think was was real? What's what? Um, so as in as in real as in the way that they would do it in in that what kind of way for a, a real extreme wrestling fight. Yeah, match. so, I mean... Fight match. <laughs> you're an Do you idiot. know the question that I'm asking? I mean, it would be great if you'd said it in less than, like, 12 minutes, but I think we got there in the end. <laughs> um, okay. So you're basically saying, how much of what was shown on screen was done for real, and how does it compare yeah. to kind of what they do in reality? What they're showing there... That's exactly what I'm asking. ...is... I believe the name of the organization is CZW, which is some sort of like insane wrestling bullshit organization. Um, more recently, it's gone quite out of um, that type of thing has gone out of favor massively compared to what it was in the 90s, uh, late 90s, when yeah. like ECW and all that were going. And then actually the CZW were, um, they went on a lot longer than the others that were doing extreme stuff. Um, but it's really gone out of fashion because uh, the big companies have like kind of started to make really good wrestling be the focus. Like so, guys who can do yeah. interesting moves that look more realistic and like really feel believable. Uh, yeah, that sort of stuff's gone out of fashion a lot. But I believe that the guy that he's in the ring with it there, I forget his name, but he is a real star from that particular show he does wrestle in like bare okay. feet oh. and so I think with him involved like he definitely stapled that dollar bill to his head I know that is the right. case wow. um, and given that it's I know least, for a fact um, I just given that Mickey Rourke has at least reportedly done the blading aspect of it for real which is where he cuts himself to make it look like he's been cut in a real way in a match given that that's supposed yeah. to be real I don't really see why he wouldn't do some of the other stuff that was in it the only one uh, item that looked faked to me and it was there's a fork used on his head at one point and then the free flow of yeah. blood afterwards looks like it was faked that to me yeah, was the okay. one that stood out the rest of them looked real and especially because the staple thing, I'm, I don't want to do it to myself, certainly, but I think that's something that Mickey Rourke would be up for. What? <laughs> okay, I mean, I don't know him, but... No, just like, know, given... I think he'd be up for it. Given the approach he took to the rest of the film, 
like where he was at this point in his career, given that this was going to be something that like the rawness of it was to make it more believable, and it all worked generally the way it was done. I think he would have been yeah. like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do that. That's a guess, but I feel like that's. The case. I'm going to go ahead and do that. So actually, in relation to that, um, I've got a quick factoid for you here. Contrary to prior okay. reports that Mickey Rourke didn't get paid at all to appear in this film. <laughs> Imagine not getting paid and stapling tons of shit to yourself. Madness. Um, but uh, contrary to the reports, uh, which would actually, if he hadn't been paid, it would have been a violation of union rules. A profile of Darren Aronofsky in uh, an issue of The New Yorker mentioned that Rourke did end up getting paid $100,000 for the role. Um, and the funny part of this, which just seems odd, is he asked to receive some of that salary in cash in a brown paper bag. <laughs> Classic Mickey. Um, I think he thinks he's a gangster. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what, what did you think? I mean, I I think that he's incredible. I think it's like a lightning in a in a bottle, once in a lifetime performance. Yeah, I I think he's great I, in it. You know, but talking about that, I did have a sort of question for us to cover in this, which was, what's he actually been doing since then? And not a lot, unfortunately. It has drifted rapidly back into the straight to video uh, type stuff. Um, last couple of years looks yeah. like it's mainly been sort of straight to video stuff. So I just wonder overall, I think his very early films, I think he was very good in at least some of them. Rumblefish, he's good in. Um, but I don't know if all those other films, unless the script's really, really good, whether or not he comes across well. Did you see him in Iron Man 2? Uh, yeah, he was good in it, but the film was was pretty poor. Okay. There are a couple of others here that I think are worth people having a look at. Angel Heart, a brilliant. Pretty bad. No, not, Heart. Not, not from the early phase, like from the since the wrestler phase. Okay. 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 Just uh, Go on in. something called Passion Play, which looks absolutely terrible but I think we should watch it and do some notes on it um, for another okay. maybe we do a Mickey Rourke month um, but <laughs> I don't think I could last a month <laughs> uh, it's like his career after the wrestler um, The Informers yeah. which is a Brett Easton Ellis book um, interpretation looks a little bit interesting but it has had only 20% on Metacritic so Okay. pretty bad but it, I thought the trailer looked alright had enough decent looking people in it um, so that's kind of what he's been doing since then so even though he was brilliant in it I, he's not been able to sustain it basically mm. so who's your favourite wrestler Ollie? of all time? yeah you've been getting into wrestling recently ah uh, um you know the other well, thing obviously you I'll... were the one that thought to bring this up and usually it's me that wants to cover wrestling related uh, items but you were the one that brought the wrestler up so that's interesting wow. that's a fact it, that is interesting that is interesting uh, so I used to when I was younger I used to like uh, the British Bulldog oh yeah and Roddy Piper yeah they, they were my favourites um, I never used to I didn't like Ric Flair for some reason when I was younger but I, I appreciate him more now Well, because I think he's just quite unhinged I think the thing about him is he's changed over time like the perception of him's changed when he was younger he was a bad guy so if you didn't like him that was him doing his job he was supposed to be a nasty piece of work but yeah as he aged his whole woo 
thing started to become more of like a sort of cult iconic thing, and then everyone does it. Don't yeah. So everyone loves okay. him. Now. He is unhinged. Uh, I, I can't say I've got favourites really. Okay. But what about you? Who's your Who's your best? Oh, my uh, my best wrestler, probably um, Stone Cold Steve Austin or uh, really or CM Punk or Macho Man Randy Savage. Did you know uh, this week? This weekend, in fact, when you've heard this podcast, the fight will have already happened. But CM Punk is stepping back into the, the octagon. Uh, what is it? Into the octagon. Yeah. Uh, uh, this weekend. So good luck. Yeah. Good luck, Punk. He's also yeah, um, luck, stepping punk. into the courtroom um, based on some things that he said, uh, which WWE I think claimed were libelous about. How he was treated for an injury <laughs> um, when he was there. It's actually I think it's relatively serious. Uh, okay. It's not like he's like, oh, they're all dicks. It was actually because I think he said that um, somebody uh, failed to notice or deal properly with some sort of injury that he had. And they're like, no, you can't say that. Um, so he's entering both the octagon and the courtroom over the same week. <laughs> Nice. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, so they're what my was your face. second question there? I was just going to say, if you made a wrestler, uh, like a, a character in a game, or if you were to be a wrestler, who would it be? What's your What's your shtick? What's your gimmick? Uh, I, I think I'd I'd be bad dad. It would be glass. It would no. It would be dad dad based. Yeah, but it would also be glasses based. <laughs> um, so what what the thing would be is is that when I've got my glasses on, I'm good dad. So I'm I'm fighting and I'm always kind of losing when I'm good dad because I'm giving them too much you know leeway. room for yeah. maneuver and leeway uh, and then there comes a point where someone slaps the glasses off and then everyone shits bricks because they know what's about to happen because yeah. when when yeah. the glasses are gone bad dad's coming out and then it's just frenzy. I like it. I like it. What would you finish? Do you think move? that's a good character? What would you finish a move be? Um, just fucking lob them. <laughs> just hope. Just just throw them <laughs> like into the turnbuckle head first. Okay. Yeah, it would take a lot more upper body strength than I've currently got, but yeah. you know, I'll work on it. But the thing um, is, in wrestling, yeah. they they're there to help make it look good as well. So they'd be helping you. Yeah. They'd almost jump off your yeah. shoulders to make it look good. Or I might, or I might do that thing where um, you know when you're walking behind someone and you kick their <laughs> foot behind the other one. So they, I do that. Insta trip. Yeah, nice. I do that. So we just got a couple of minutes left. Oh, have you got? Have you got a wrestler that you would throw the same question back at you? I don't know if we covered this on the original one, but I'd probably say the janitor, and it would be like a 1980s like sort of cleaning up. Yeah, I'd be taken out of the trash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's been based on like that sort of stuff that you got in the 80s. Like the big boss man was like a sort of prison guard. So they'd all be based on jobs. Erwin R. Scheister was like a tax man. Yeah, jobs, yeah. Like just gimmicks based on jobs. So I'd come out and I'd have those patches over my elbows. and um, Nicotine patches. (laughs) No, I'd have a jumper on that would have patches on the elbows. You know, like a janitor. All right, and okay. I'd have a I'd have yeah, a yeah, broom yeah, yeah. that I would carry over my shoulder, or a mop, right? And uh, and maybe a trash can sometimes as well if it was in a hardcore match. Just dump people in. Okay, it. that's what I would be. And what what would your special move be? Um, 
I think it'd be called garbage disposal, but I haven't quite worked out what that what that entails. Uh, uh, sorry, just to just to wrap this up, I've got three comments from uh, my new favourite common sense media. Now, I would say that this is definitely not a film for kids. Okay. For one, there's you know hella nudity in it. Uh huh. Hella violence and hella swearing. Okay. So you know. I, uh, I so don't think it's first, the worst film in the world for all that, but yes, okay. I th- I think it's more new, more the new nudity's graphic. Is it? And it's it's well, it's kind of depressing nudity, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is a little bit depressing the nudity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mickey uh, So one of the so one of the kids' reviews says, uh, and this this is one that I've chosen because I think that that you know for a for a kid. They've really got a grasp of this film. Um, the wrestler is faded actor Mickey Rourke's comeback role as Randy the Ram Robinson, and it is his best work. <laughs> the movie is very gritty, explaining what he has gone through and what he is going through presently. Marisa Tomei to also me. stars as a stripper named Cassidy, who has some feeling for Randy, but also feels bad for him. The movie is an example of two performers who perform for money or the people who actually care and need. The wrestler deals with weighty issues and should be seen by a mature audience. Yeah. So, you know, they've also seen that there's some kind of parallel between, you know, the two kind of main stars there. Um, Another one, this is a bit more cautionary. Uh, so this is from a 13-year-old, and it says, fine for teens, not so much kids. <laughs> this is a very well-done movie, though it's very sexual, and I wouldn't really recommend it to my friends because they're a bunch of hippies. Anyway, Sorry. this is actually a very sad movie. Almost made me cry at the end, but it teaches a good message. I think, make good choices and don't screw your life up, or something like that. There was some stuff in... Uh from wrestlers who kind of said that it only painted the industry in a bad way where actually some people come out and and they've been able to do pretty well out of it but then there are others who based on documentary stuff that we talked about in the wrestlers podcast you can kind of see that there are very clear parallels to those real life people um but yeah uh anyway yeah i I felt like it didn't i felt like it didn't paint the world of wrestling in a favourable light. No. Um, but neither, neither did this person. But I guess... Uh, um, last, last comment now. Okay. So. Okay. Sure. Uh, last comment and then you can pick it up. So, horrible, depressing movie. It looks... Um, it looks at all the horrible points of pro wrestling and doesn't show the good things. I hated this movie. Oh. Well, there you go. That's the point I was just about to make. Um but I guess that point of view is seen in a lot of other ways elsewhere. So this is just showing a realistic story. So I think it's fine. Not everything has to be okay. weighted in every possible direction. Otherwise, everything would be really watered down and boring. So a uh, couple of other trivia bits that I've got, and then we'll round it out. Due to the film's modest budget, Axel Rose donated the use of Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine free of charge for the final match. Wow. Good guy. Good guy Axel. Yeah, good guy Axel. Uh, one that you and I uh, have our own experience of trying to do, which is uh, basically remake 80s style video games. Yes. The video game Randy oh, yeah, and his this. child neighbour 
play in both the trailer and the movie uh, was created especially for the film and was fully playable. The game features similar graphics Amazing. to the original WWF WrestleMania Nintendo game from 1989, uh, which was the one that came just prior to when they started doing the really cool Mortal Kombat style photography stuff in the, the sort of early 90s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that's pretty cool that they had some people make that game. I mean, I don't think it would have taken them huge amount of time but they obviously asked some people to do it for the film uh, which is cool yeah. I think and, he, and I think I seem to remember from the tiny bit that's on screen that the character is Randy the Ram and he does do the Ram is, jam yeah. off the top corner he does the move properly so yeah pretty cool very good that's kind of it actually no there's one final bit that's a little bit hard to believe but Darren Aronofsky revealed that Mickey Rourke was the first choice to play Randy the Ram Robinson but the studio wanted guess who? You need to guess. Yeah, I I know because uh, I've read it. Okay, Nicholas Cage. They wanted Nicholas Cage. Bing. I mean, yeah, that would have I been. I mean, imagine odd. that nightmare. That would have been very odd. Do you think he could have done it? Do you think he could have done it? Have it if he was able to replicate anything like the physique he had in. Uh, I, I know that a lot of it is like the suit that he had on top, but all the pictures from the canned Superman movie, the death of Superman. Yeah. Um, he does yeah. look pretty buff around that time as well, even when he doesn't have the plasticy he suit on. So oh. if he'd been able to do anything near that, maybe, but I think that movie had it been with him would have got panned by the wrestling industry a lot more. Loads of the wrestlers say that yeah, this uh, was very realistic. Yeah. And, 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 he, and Mickey Rourke underplays it. Nicholas Cage would have just, you know, he would have took it, took it to uh, overacting town. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I think. Can you imagine? Can you um, can you imagine the the deli scene where he finally loses the plot with Nicholas Cage? How, how he would have taken? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a, it would have been unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> but in a weird way, I want that to be made. <laughs> <laughs> the wrestler too. Uh, Payback just from beyond the grave. Just a movie of um, uh, sort of you know falling down with Michael Douglas. Just a movie of a guy who yeah. works behind a deli counter, played by Nicolas Cage, going absolutely <laughs> fucking batshit inside a supermarket. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, so we're done. If people would we're like done. to tell us what they think of Mickey Rourke and his dadding prowess in the wrestler, whether or not Randy the Ram is a good dad or a bad dad then they can do that by emailing us at our amazing address, which I keep always starting with the word at, but actually it's guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com. You can also attach a voice memo to an email that you send us there, and then we could play your clip on the podcast. That would be amazing. Just record it and then email us. So that's guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment or a gif or some sort of image of your favourite or least favourite dads in film on facebook.com forward slash guysonfilm. And we're on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. Wow. That's true. Um, okay. Yeah, great. Alexa. Okay. Is Randy the Ram Robinson a good dad? Yeah, I didn't think she would. I, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's not. It's not. You know, it's not black and it's white. Not black and white. It's full color. Right. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Okay, so that was a call Did back you pay to... pay Alexa to say that? 